Hi. Good evening, ghouls. How you doing? Very well. Not too shabby. Yeah. Here we are. (laughs) What a day. What a week. It feels like it's been a million years. Honestly, every time it does, it does feel like it's been like at least a month since I've seen you guys. Too long. And that's too long. My drama with trying to see Candyman continues. It was finally not sold out. Yet when I went to the theater and tried to sit down, I threw my back out. Girl, it's (laughs) the worst news. Why doesn't the world want you to see Candyman? I don't know. I think that there's someone stopping me from seeing Candyman. That's the only explanation right now. They're like, it's concerning to me. You can't see this. I well, then you should follow direction, probably. Yeah, I mean, at this point, (laughs) I'm not supposed to be watching this movie. So, I guess that's what it is, right? Take that sign and run with it. Uh, Well, to everyone who's seen it and told me to go see it, sorry, can't do it. (laughs) (laughs) She wants to stay alive. Simply cannot. And we want her alive. Yes. We need her alive. I I prefer to be alive. It's my preference, but, Mm -hmm. you know. For now. We'll take what we can get. Yeah. Um, Anything exciting going on with y'all? Nothing really. Salem is um, starting to get... Pretty, pretty fun and spooky. The decorations are going up. Oh, we start in we start in September. Obviously. Oh, you have to. That's when I start. Um, I decorated September first. Yeah, and the one of the giant skeletons. You know the the huge ones that you can get at Home Depot for like two hundred something dollars. They're like, yeah. how tall are they? Twelve They're feet. Tall. Yes, the one right behind Rope's Garden is up, oh and I God. saw him. They put them up this weekend. And I and I saw him and I was like, oh, my God, it's been so long. How have you been? And he's like, good. I'm feeling a little thin. And I was like, no, hon, you look great. So he needs a little meat on the old oh bones. Oh, my goodness. Just a little. I love that so much. Uh, I so, want to be there. I do, too. It's all I can think about. Me I'm too. like constantly Get looking here. at flights to come back. So oh, for real, it's going to happen. And Ex Benedict, it's all I can think about. This girl is mm-hmm. addicted. Okay, Y'all, if you need Eggs Benny recommendations for for Salem and beyond, hit up Emily because we had every single one that town had to offer, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Something is wrong with me. Emily I can, Emily has a benediction. I do. She Yep. That's exactly it. It's a benediction, babe. It's my um mm-hmm. future memoir. Oh, mm-hmm. I can't wait to read that personally. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. What if we tour the country hunting ghosts and the best eggs Benedicts? Dude, that I mean, seems like a dream come true. Like, I want it. I need it. Can we make this absolutely. my life? Yeah. One of y'all or one of our very witty listeners come up with a name for that book and or podcast and or show that we're coming up with. Okay. Hunting ghosts, getting eggs Benedict, having a good time. There, There's a joke there somewhere. <laughs> I don't know what it is. I'm not as quick as, as most, but... Um, Benediction yeah. can be part of it. Yes. Yeah. You can use that. Yeah. 
Um, okay. Oh, you guys, CNN shared a little a little tidbit today that 46% of <laughs> Americans believe in ghosts today. That's compared to just about 11% that believed 40 years ago. So oh, my mm-hmm. gosh. A friend DM'd me that, and I was like, it's because of our podcast. Yeah, exactly. I'm pretty sure we exactly. single-handedly have yeah. done this. That's, it wasn't yeah. Ghostbusters. It wasn't Ghostbusters or all the ghost hunting shows. Absolutely not. No. no. Five <laughs> people shared it with me on Instagram, though. So, Including me. Yes. So honestly, keep hitting us with the spooky stuff because we love to see it. Mm-hmm. We really do. Oh, one. I think I have maybe one more, one more quick shout out. Uh, So we are doing a little fundraiser on our Instagram for the Cajun Navy. Um, They Mm -hmm. help out after disasters um, to provide rescue and relief. Right now they are helping um, those affected by Hurricane Ida, which devastated southern Louisiana. So if you have a few extra dollars to spare, would love to help them out. I also know of many other resources who are helping people affected right now. So if y'all want any other suggestions, feel free to to sneak into my DMs. Nothing creepy, but just, you know, say, hey, who should, who should <laughs> we give our spare coins to? And that's who. That's who I'm saying. So. All right. Should we get it. into this ghoul talk? Yes. Yes. All right. We're the Golden Ghouls, Alyssa. Kylie. Emily. And it's time to get spooky. For those who love um, time stamping when something actually begins, uh, episode begins at six minutes. (laughs) 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 All right. So I will go first. I have some premonition stories um, from our good friend and patron, Laura. We've been very excited to share these stories. So So it is time. All right. Hey, ghouls. I've been meaning to write in for a while now about these several experiences and finally got around to writing them out. I'm not exactly sure what it is that I've experienced, but I'd like to think of it as some sort of premonition or weird sixth sense. So her first story is titled Danny. When I was in middle school, we adopted a German Shepherd mix pup. His name was Danny, and he was a very sweet pup. My freshman year in high school, he had some sort of rash or skin infection. But after a bit and a few vet visits, his health started getting worse. One morning at school, Danny suddenly came to my mind, and I felt the need to look at the clock. It was 9.20. That stuck out in my mind as if it was around the time we always finished our warm-ups in my choir class. I thought nothing of it and brushed it off. I went about my day and soon forgot the strange moment until I got home. That day, when I got home, I found out that my dog had passed away. I can't remember much after my dad told me the news other than everyone crying. I don't know if you can hear Dante in the background, but he's upset. He's upset by this story. I'm sad. I know. My mom started to tell me about when Danny had passed, and while I won't go into details, I will say that she told me the time of his passing. 9.20. My stomach dropped. I instantly remembered that odd moment in choir that morning, and honestly, I was scared. I wanted to tell my family what happened, but I could never bring myself to do so for fear they wouldn't believe me. 
I don't think I'll ever have an explanation for what happened that day, but part of me likes to think that that was Danny's way of saying goodbye and that he was telling me that he was okay. Oh, my Lord. That is very sad. My but God. also Gosh. very strange. Very weird. Yes. Very weird. Peculiar. All right. Her second story is titled Theme Parking Lot Anxiety. Ooh. Or I'm sorry, Theme Park Lot Anxiety. Okay. <laughs> Thank you for correcting yourself. <laughs> of course. Of course. We all make mistakes. A few years ago, we planned a family fun day at a local theme park. Our plan was to meet up with my parents and brother's family. I remember my husband driving into the parking lot when I all of a sudden started feeling anxious about the design of the parking lot. I have a tendency to get anxious about my husband's driving, but this time was very different. The way that the cars were parked, I was worried about the visibility of pedestrians and kept thinking, someone's going to run from between the cars and get hit. I kept urging my husband to slow down, and I remember even apologizing to him about how much I was freaking out about it. Even he noticed I was past my normal level of anxiety and tried to reassure me instead of getting annoyed at my nagging. I just could not get the idea out of my head that something bad was going to happen. After the day was over and we left the park, I tried not to think about the dreadful feeling and tried to just blow it off as me overreacting until the following weekend when I saw a headline from the local news station saying that a young child had been hit and killed at that same theme park's parking lot. I never felt that anxiety again at the theme park, and to my knowledge, no other incidents like that had happened there. That one gave me That is crazy. Chills. Yeah. Like, the, the fact that even your husband could tell that, like, your anxiety was so heightened and that something was wrong. You knew. She knew. Also, sometimes... And when I say sometimes, I mean my husband's driving always makes me anxious. So feel you on that. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) It's scary out here. It is. Oh, Dante agrees. Dante's husband is the same. (laughs) Thanks, Dant. (laughs) All right. Her third story, Neighborhood Prowler. At the time this happened, my husband was deployed to Afghanistan and I was at home with our two boys, a three-year-old and a newborn. Ooh. Every night, I give my boys a bath, get them to bed, get ready for bed myself, talk to my husband if he could, and then I'd go to sleep. There was one night I went through my usual routine until I was about to go to bed. For some reason, I felt the need to keep the lights on in my house that night, and like I had to be on high alert. I felt I feel like I can't even properly describe it. It was just this need to stay awake and to be ready. I started getting uneasy about this feeling and thought, Okay, I'll just scroll on my phone until I feel like I can turn the lights off. After a bit of scrolling, I checked my emails and saw that I had one of those urgent messages from Nextdoor. And for those who don't know, Nextdoor is like a neighborhood app that you can join and people in your neighborhood will talk about things that are happening, whether that's like a a yard sale or like a missing cat or a disturbance or like... um, like a, a suspicious car or something. So it's just an app called Nextdoor. Not sponsored. <laughs> but we could be for the right price. Be. <laughs> Back to the story. I opened up the email and saw that someone in my neighborhood had just posted that there had been an intruder in their open garage. My neighbor said that they confronted the intruder and the person took off towards my street. 
I started freaking out and based on the time of the post, it was likely that the intruder could have made it to my street around the time that I was worried about the lights. On my street, I'm one of the few people who actually parks their car in the garage, so most of the time it looks like no one is home here unless the lights are on. I'm scared to think what could have happened that night had I turned the lights off and had just gone to bed. I don't know for sure where the intruder went or if he even made it to my street, but I sure am glad I didn't ignore my thoughts that night and that the boys and I stayed safe. Oh my goodness. Yeah. You're, the boys are lucky to have you because you clearly do have some type of sixth sense that's going to keep you guys safe. Yeah, that intuition is strong. You can feel that energy out there. Mm-hmm. All right, and her fourth and final story is titled Airport. About a month or so ago, my husband was going to be away for his job, and I was going to have to take him to the airport early one morning. Coincidentally, my in-laws were going to fly in through the same airport later that day. I was feeling a particular dread about his trip and even told him about it and how I was worried something was going to happen. He reassured me and tried his best to calm me down. The following morning, I dropped him off and my in-laws flew in with no problems. The day after, however, through the local news reported an active shooter at the same airport. Thankfully, the police were able to stop him before he was able to harm anyone, but upon searching his belongings, they found enough guns for a mass shooting. I'm just glad my family wasn't hurt that day and that nobody else was hurt. I'm not sure what to think about these different incidences, incidents, but if you have any theories, I'd love to hear them, Laura. Well, girl, you definitely have a sixth sense. She's got something. You're, she's got something. She's sensitive. Mm-hmm. She is. She is sensitive and she's blessed. Blessed, babes. There is yeah. something to be said, you know, about people that can like tap into that, you know, mm-hmm. the energy in the atmosphere and the space around them, you know, because like. Absolutely. There's people that can do that and it's very. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very cool. Yeah, I've I've had a lot of weird ones like that, but the one that comes to mind like most heavily, or like the one that was the strongest most recently, was when I was insistent that we had to get married in 2019 because I was like, I have a bad feeling about 2020. No I was way. like, we have to get this wedding done and over with if this is what we want to do because we it has to be in 2019 I know it has to be and then four months later everything started locking down so yeah I threw that thing together in five months because I was so insistent that something was going to happen in 2020 that was going to keep it from happening she knew and it was the best wedding well we had some fun but you know Yes. We always have a great time, you guys. We love to laugh. True. We love <laughs> to laugh. True. All right. So our next story here is from our good friend Bob. He says, Hello, ghouls. I hope you are all well and safe. Firstly, I don't know if the venue I'm going to talk about is even known as being haunted. I should have looked into it, but I have not. About 15 years ago, I went to the Police and Justice Museum in Sydney, Australia. A short history of the building. It is a heritage-listed building, former police station, offices, and a courthouse in the central business district of Sydney, Australia. It was designed by Edward Blackett, Alexander Dawson, and James Barrett and built from 1854 to 1886. 
At one time, it was one of Sydney's busiest legal hubs. Cops, criminals, judges, locals, drifters, guilty and innocent have all left their stories here. The building was holding cells which date from the 1890s as well as charge rooms and courtrooms. On the day that I visited the museum, I don't think there was any particular exhibition. Did I say that right? Yeah. Yeah. Exhibition (laughs) I wanted to see. Just wanted to visit the museum and see what was what, I guess. Anyhow, at one point, I reached a former courtroom. The flooring outside was lower than the courtroom, which had to be stepped up into. Upon Hmm. stepping into the room, I felt an overwhelming, oppressive, overwhelmingly oppressive feeling, which also felt directed at and focused upon me. It felt malicious to the point I had to step back out of the room. Upon stepping out of the courtroom space, the feeling lifted entirely to the point that I thought I must have been imagining it. I stepped back into the courtroom and the feeling was even stronger than before. And I got the distinct impression that something did not want me in that space as I didn't belong in it. I didn't stay in there for long as it was very uncomfortable and soon left the museum entirely. What it was, if anything, I still don't know. Now for one more short one. When I was a baby and teething, my mom was walking down the hallway to the room I was in to check on me. And I heard a whispered voice, something like, don't worry, he's fine. (laughs) Sorry, I said that weird. (laughs) Something like, don't worry, he's fine. So she just went back to doing what she was previously doing. In the morning, she was determined to find out about any prior history of the house and found out that an elderly couple once lived there. While they did not have any children of their own, they doted upon the neighborhood children. It seemed reasonable to her that the voice was one of them. Again, I hope you are all well and safe. Take care. Stay spooky. Yours as ever, Bob. Bob. My goodness, Bob. (laughs) Okay. Sorry, I butchered the don't worry, he's fine. I like tried to whisper it, and I was like, I don't know if they're going to hear me. (laughs) Honestly, I think I thought it was lovely. I thought it was gorgeous. My theory on the courtroom Mm -hmm. is that maybe there is like a spirit lingering there, and like whatever court case went on there circled around someone who maybe like looked like Bob, and they were like not feeling it. That's a that's a good theory, you know. Yeah, they're like Bob, get out, sweet Bob. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sadly, looks like this bad person or something, you know. Like, okay, okay. I wonder, maybe that's yeah. what it was. Maybe. Not our Bob though. He's a sweet angel, and we know that for a fact. Oh yes. my gosh, he's so sweet. Yeah, Bob, you're great. We love you, Bob. Love right. it, love you, Bob. You guys, I have a treat for you. It's a recording <laughs> from JC. I love the recordings. I've said this before. I'll say it again. And also prefacing this by saying JC's voice is so soothing. And JC, I think you need your own podcast. Just putting that Ooh. out there. But Or ASMR. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Something. Something, babes. All right. Going to play this for you. Hello, Michaels. This is JC. 
just something that I wanted to share with y'all. And it's not that it's bothered me, not physically, but more that I don't know if it was real or not. So many years ago, I used to work for, you know, this real famous grocery store here in Texas whose name starts with, well, whose name is three letters long. I'm sure we all know it. And uh, one of the benefits of working for this company is they had these cabins that they would uh, that they would let their their employees, I guess, rent or lease, whatever. Uh, it was free of charge. You just had to to book it. And one of them, one of the locations, is in Kerrville, Texas. And you know where Kerrville is. It's uh, there in the San Antonio Austin area. Beautiful hill country, very nice little town, and uh, it's really beautiful if you've ever gone by there. And the group of, of cabins that they had there, the area, was right on Turtle Creek. And so we used to go in and stay there quite often, uh, just about every summer when I was working for this company. And this one time we went, and we were able to stay in the original home of the owners of this grocery store. It had been moved to this area. And if you can imagine this, it was it was like a shotgun house, you know, one of these homes where if you stood at the front door, you could see all the way out to the back door. And, you know, that was the main area and the rooms were kind of off to each side. And it had a front porch that went around the front and then it was closed in all around the other side. And this was an old house, an old cabin, white uh, up on, you know, on little pillars. Paint is chipping and just a really creepy looking old house. If you can imagine, think of uh, something from from Friday the 13th, uh, the, the, the little dorms or cabins that they stayed in in that movie and me and a group of friends went it was me my girlfriend my wife who's my girlfriend at the time and a couple of friends of ours and we went to go stay for about a week here and we pull up to the cabin we park right outside and you know it's real close to the uh the creek so we're able to spend time right there at the creek and everything it's a really nice place but this is the creepiest looking cabin uh ever and uh, as we went inside, everybody picked their rooms. And just as the first day went on, as evening progressed, everybody kind of started getting this this creepy feeling to them. Couldn't quite place it, didn't see anything. It just had this feel to it. It was kind of kind of heavy, and the lighting was very dim, and it just had this... I don't know how else to describe it. It was just a feeling to it to the point where when it came time to go to bed, everyone was like, mm, you know what? Mm, fuck this. We're all going to sleep in the same room. And so we got all the fans together and all of our bedding and we just bedded down for the night in the living room and everybody slept, you know, together in a row uh, so that we could be there in case anything happened. Our trip, what was supposed to be a week, ended up being about three days. Uh, we spent our days, after that first night, nothing really happened. It was just that eerie feeling. 
next day we got up, we all went to the creek and had, you know, fun playing in the water and stuff. Came back home and lighted up the barbecue pit that that we had there with us and uh, cooked for everybody and and we had a good meal. But that night of the second day, again, everyone had that same creepy feeling as bedtime came around, but we all stayed together in our in our little room and uh, went to sleep. A few hours later, uh, I was still awake. I was having trouble sleeping and it was just tossing and turning and I felt like I was in and out of sleep. And if you know summers in Texas, it is hot. And when you're in the hill country, maybe it's a little cooler, but it's still hot. That night was cold and I moved closer to my wife to try to get some of that warmth and just could not get warm. And I don't know how to describe this cold to you. It's it's something that you feel in your bones. It's not something where you can cover up. You know, you do that and you feel the warmth on the outside of you, but the cold is down inside of you. And I couldn't shake this this cold. I really don't know if I was awake or asleep when this started, but I feel like I was awake. I kind of sat up and I was looking towards the back of the house because it was the living room in the front and then there was a kitchen and there was more rooms in the back. And I was looking towards the back of the house, but it wasn't the house anymore. It seemed almost like if I was looking, almost like if I was looking through a fog or a mist and it was a different room. But what I saw were soldiers. They, they looked like something from the 18, 1800s, white pants, red coats. They had the white belts that crossed, you know, over the shoulders big black hat the kind that uh that attached under the chin that had the chin strap on it and they're walking through the house carrying these long rifles that are bayoneted and there's two of them walking through and they're talking to each other paying no attention to me and they just kind of walk through the room and out through the wall where we were where we were sleeping uh, into the outside of the house. And as I look down the house, there's, I don't know what I was looking at, but there was like more of these soldiers back there uh, just talking and carrying on with each other. And more of them came walking from the back of the house out to where we were and went right back on outside of the house to the point where I was thinking, what the hell am I seeing? And I had to get up and follow them out. And I followed them and I walked out the front door of the house and I'm standing out on the the porch now. And I know I'm standing out on the porch, but I'm not in the same place, if that makes sense. When I'm looking out, it, it looks like I'm looking at an encampment. 
and there's you could hear soldiers talking you know just with whatever plans what the day is going on whatever whatever they're conversing about i couldn't make anything out just the the of talking you know just the the excitement of the speech and i'm seeing soldiers in formation there's about two different formations there's guys walking by uh, some riding on horses and I can hear the sound of artillery in the distance, something that sounds like cannons. Um, it seemed like if they were drilling or testing uh, equipment, just getting ready for something. And I'm looking out over this and it's now early in the morning and the sky is still, you know, a dark gray color. The sun's starting to come up and I'm seeing all of this and I'm just, in amazement because I don't know if this is real or not, if I'm dreaming, but I'm standing out on this porch and I'm holding onto the rail, just looking at everything. And next thing I know, I hear one of my friends who's like, John, are you okay? And, you know, I, I didn't quite react until I heard my name again. And it snapped too, and suddenly everything faded, and I'm staring out, and it's just the yard again. And I'm staring out, looking at trees, and looking at the creek. I don't know, it's about 4.35 in the morning. And she's asking, what am I doing standing outside? You know, what was I looking at? And I didn't want her to think I was crazy or anything. So I just told her I couldn't sleep, and so I came outside. And then I just came outside. And uh, it was kind of cold, and but I, I, I stayed there contemplating, was this real or not? You know, and I, I had a pack of cigarettes that we had left out on the porch. And I lit one up and just, I don't know if it was real or not. And I've tried to research this, but I, I can't find any kind of military history or anything around that area. But... Several years later, taking a tour to San Antonio, we went to the Alamo and went through, you know, the museum portion of it in the barracks. And they had military outfits on display. And I shit you not, one of the ones that they had in the glass case was exactly what I was looking at. White trousers, red sash, red coat, you know, the white belts, the black hat. And it just kind of creeped me because I don't know, I still don't know if this was real or not. But anyway, thank you for listening. And if you happen to know if, if there was ever any troops in that Kerrville area right around Turtle Creek, please let me know about it. Um, yeah, thanks. Love you, Gulls. Is that not absolutely bonkers? I 100% believe that he, I don't think he was dreaming. That mm. all sounds way too similar to other stories that we've heard. Yeah. That sounds very specific. It's, you know, you know how dreams are. They're never that specific. They're never that slow. And he was obviously, he didn't mention any like history of like sleeping problems or like sleepwalking and, and such. Yeah. So I don't know. It sounds it sounds legit to me that there was some type of time warp or some type of yeah. residual 
memory that he was experiencing. Yeah, I mean, quite honestly, there are probably troops over there. You yeah. know? Mm-hmm. It was well, if I... If I had a photo of both of y'all's faces when JC started talking about the soldiers, your mouths were agape. Yeah, just shocked. <laughs> I was not expecting that. I was like, oh my gosh. Here they are. That was, that was like the oh shit moment. Like, yeah. Like, this is real. Yeah. <laughs> I have a few theories about this. So I think that JC mentioned the house was moved there. My first theory about this is that it is like a residual haunting. It's attached to the house Mm -hmm. in some way. You saw them go out through the wall because there was probably a doorway there at some point. Or Mm -hmm. there used to be a house where this cabin now is or like some sort of, you know, encampment where this house now is. There was a door there or you went back in time. (laughs) <laughs> which I recently learned you can do. Oh, I will give you guys more details in the next episode because I recently found out that I had done this. And so I did not know that was a thing that you could do in like astral projection, but apparently you can. So <laughs> um, I would love you to know go back may, in time. You know who may be able to find out if there were ever troops near Turtle Creek is our friend Brandon. Yes, I was about to say. Yeah, who also had a very similar experience when they were doing the um, reenactment of um, the Civil, was it Civil War? Revolutionary War? I can't remember. But yeah, that is... So we'll have to send this to him and see see what he thinks. See if he can find anything out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, this story reminds me so much of Brandon's story. Yeah, it did. Mm -hmm. Um, Me too. even that was the like, mist too in the time. Yes, what, for him wasn't it also? It was either like almost dawn as well, maybe not. Yeah, um, but like, it had the same vibe. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. It's exactly what I thought. Down to like the details of. Yep. Yeah, really, really crazy. But yeah, I I totally believe that this was real. I do too. So to mm-hmm. I mean, that was so, yeah. The story was it, so yeah. genuine and detailed. I mean. You saw that. And by that, we mean we don't think he was dreaming. We don't think that a bunch of soldiers actually showed up and were chilling in the the super supermarket cabin. (laughs) So that would be a trip. (laughs) (laughs) I wonder if that's still a perk for that grocery store. That's actually pretty cool. I've only heard great things about the family, the founding family. So that doesn't surprise me that that was something that they offer or offered to their employees. Texas folks, they know there's really no no comparing other grocery stores. So mm-hmm. it's true. <laughs> I mean, I grew up in North Texas though, and we did not have this grocery store. So my brother um, works has for this grocery store. Life. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. find oh. out if they have those cabins, and then we can go. <laughs> oh yeah, I'll ask them. So cool. Well, thank you so much to everyone who shared your stories. Those were amazing. Mm-hmm. I'm already so excited for the next round of Ghoul Talk stories. Absolutely. So good. Send them to us at the Golden Ghouls Podcast at gmail.com. Yeah. And until next time, stay spooky. Ooh. Ooh.